0: Welcome to the Wolverine Digest podcast, the best spot for objective authentic coverage of Michigan athletics. If you want open dialogue, honest opinions, and in-depth coverage of the Maize and Blue, this is the podcast for you.
1: And now, here's your host, Brandon Brown, joined as always by
0: Chris Breidler. I just want to start by saying go blue. Well, Chris, back to back, back to back. Yes, sir. Feels good. Back, nice. Big Ten champs. That's not the it's not the most incredible decor I've ever had, but you've got twenty twenty two program right here, Michigan over Purdue. Wow. wow. Got twenty twenty one over here, Michigan okay, over okay. Iowa. Stacking As I've had to shift around a little bit over here, we talked about that before. Just throwing a couple things up there. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, the game was kind of what we'd be. Uh, we, we've really grown used to seeing a little bit close in the first half. Michigan goes into halftime. Clearly, they're cheating now. That's the big scandal. Uh, they're doing something che- in that
1: halftime. They're halftime cheating meter. their
0: asses off at halftime in the locker room, and then they come out and they put it on whoever they're playing. And oh ho hum, they win by twenty-one. It was a. It was a little bit of a. I don't know. I don't want to call it a sleepy game but it wasn't it wasn't rife with the big plays like we saw against Ohio State. There were a couple couple decent plays. Will Johnson did some really nice things. Donovan Edwards looked really good again. Khalil Mullings finds a couple a couple touchdowns, you know, unsung hero a little bit. So, it was certainly a cool game. You and I were there again. I mean, we've already talked about the 2-year run we've had covering this team right now has been incredible and today what are we doing today, man? We're making travel plans for Arizona and the Fiestable and Michigan and TCU. And- listen, listen awesome. it's getting expensive it's awesome. out there, it's getting
1: a little, it's awesome, but it comes with a cost. There's wow. no doubt about it. I mean, two trips to the west coast within what, less, less than 10 days. Yeah,
0: so Screonk, if you could give us about two thousand more dollars,
1: <laughs> we need those donations rolling we really, in.
0: I really appreciate that. No, thank you Skriank again for that and I'm like 95% kidding when I'm asking for money. Uh listen, but-
1: I did we we have I, and I've seen people asking is Rosie going to go to Phoenix? Is Rosie making the trip out west? Listen. We we mapped it out. We mapped it out on the way home from Indy and it is a 28-hour 28-hour <laughs> drive uh for, for in the RV. So, you know, that that just seems like uh I mean, that seems like really pushing the envelope there. And then, not to mention, you're probably adding two or I don't know, depending on how long you want to drive, two to three days to your travel yeah. time there, two to three days on, on the travel time back. I
0: mean, and then yeah, Ros- like- <laughs> LA somewhere in there, too, maybe <laughs> for the year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'd have to leave like tomorrow to get there on time. She's <laughs> so-
1: resting and rehabbing and getting ready for next season.
0: Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, obviously, um, it, it's a lot of travel. Uh, you will, we'll talk about the Michigan TCU matchup and what that means and likely a return trip to the West coast for your boys first to Arizona, then to LA really hope that's what we have to figure out. Uh, and we will, uh, we will get into that couple news items today, Chris, just to get us started. Obviously the big ticket today was that Eric all has entered the transfer portal, um, Not a crazy, I mean, surprising that he entered the transfer portal, but I was a little more surprised by how he handled it. You and I talked about this. There's been a lot of discussion out there on social media. His dad is getting involved on social media. I don't, you know, I don't care. I don't hate any kid for wanting to leave, but he kind of took a little shot at Michigan on the way out, was cryptic about it. We're not really sure exactly what went on. I've heard this story. I've heard that story. I've heard blah, 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 whatever, but essentially said, not everything is what it seems at a place like Michigan. That's that's what Eric all said. I mean, that's a that's a captain. That's a senior. It's a guy who's been there forever. Seemed to be a guy who absolutely loved and just you know could never say enough good things about his head coach and Jim Harbaugh. And so then to, to throw that out on Twitter as you get ready to transfer just. Didn't
1: didn't. what do you want to call it, Cody? What do you want to call it if it's not a shot? What do you want to call it?
0: It absolutely is. I mean, can we just stop with the bullshit? Like, listen,
1: listen. There was another tight end that transferred today, and guess what? Guess how much was made about his transfer? Zero. Because and and granted, he's not a high-profile kid. He's not a captain on the team. But but here's the thing: when you put out a statement like that and you make it public, what you do. Is you you cause the entire social media world to speculate on what I mean, do you mean by that? Right. Who are you talking about? What is it in reference to? And you can see it on social. You got Brett Bielema out there, head coach for, for Illinois, retweeting Eric All's tweets for a reason. So it was a horrible look. It was a shot at Michigan. It was not needed. And there's another guy who left Michigan recently who was probably pissed off about the way things played out. And his name's Cade McNamara. And you didn't see any of that come from him. And so, yes, it was a shot at Michigan. And I guess what makes it even worse is in the coming days, there are going to be players and coaches who are going to be asked specifically about Eric All's comment on social media. And what did it mean? And what did he mean by this? And what did he mean by that? And it puts other people in a difficult situation. So here's my thought. If he really had an issue serious enough to where he wanted to put it out on social media, then say what the issue is. Be clear about it. And if you don't want to say what it is and you don't want to be clear about it, don't say it. Just say your thank yous, say your goodbyes, and move on. I thought it was a trash way to leave. It was cryptic. It was bullshit. That's how I view it. Especially coming from a guy who's a a former captain on this team. Yeah,
0: And just didn't ever really conduct himself in that way. I mean, seemed to have a a really great experience at Michigan and developed into a really good player and made some big plays. And just, I mean, he was voted a captain. That's not a captain move. That's not a captain like behavior. It's not. So, I mean, good, you know, good luck to him. Like you said, that's not, he did it on purpose. For a reason, because now, like you said, there's people that are going to ask about it. His teammates are going to have to answer questions about it. His coaches are gonna other coaches it. in the Big Ten are
1: retweeting it. Like,
0: <laughs> come on, it's just it's just something that doesn't need to happen. And you said it, yeah. Louis Hansen, I was going to get to him next. Louis Hansen also transferring, second year guy hasn't really ever played. No message like that. Kate McNamara, I mean, dude, that guy. If anybody had a reason to fire something off like that, it probably would be him. In terms of how it played out and just how it has to make you feel as a competitor and as a young man. But he didn't do any of that. None. Just, you know, here's my new spot. Excited for the opportunity. Let's get after it. Yeah. And that was it. And it was much better received. And yes, Cade was a pro about it. Thank you, Malachi. That's a good way to put it. He just went about his business. Keep your mouth shut. Make a move and, and do some work. And Eric All chose not to do that. It, it seems a little. But here's bit- the
1: thing. I don't. I don't have an issue. If if Eric All wanted to come out and there was something sinister, or nefarious that happened, or he truly felt like he was like, wronged by it. something, yes. right. Then then put it out. Like like say it. Say what it is that happened. When you come out and you say something in a half assed way and you leave it open to interpretation, that's what social media is going to do. They're going to pick that up, and they're going to, was it Jim Harbaugh? Who was it? What what happened? What exactly was the issue? Who did him wrong? And that's all you saw following that tweet. So, you know, I just, I got a big problem with that. It it reminded me of exactly the way that, and even Josh Gaddis, when he left, he was kind of cryptic about it, but he went a little bit further, you know, saying that he was promised certain things or when certain people say, so, you know, I don't know. It just, it, it had very, uh, Josh Gaddis vibes to it that sat wrong with me. I try not to say, you know, I'm about as pro player. I think you're pro player. We try to, you know, you know, if a, if a coach deserves criticism, we'll, we'll hand out the criticism. But when it comes to the players, we understand that they're, you know, they're young men, they make mistakes, whatever the case is, try not to go too hard on them. But, I mean, to me, that was just that was such a bullshit move. I, I, I don't understand that. And for as much as he might think that the program took away from him, he also gained a lot by being at the University of Michigan. So uh, I just take issue with it.
0: Yeah, it's not the best look in the world. And speaking, so that's that's two tight ends in a, in a one day span. I have to think that the big potato. <laughs> Colston Loveland has a little something to do with that, bro. That <laughs> the big potato, man. Because you saw
1: him go up and snag that ball out of the air just, in the end zone, looking like Braylon Edwards out there. They were like, "Yeah, I'm probably not going
0: to There's gonna NFL execs out there already saying, I want that kid. I want that kid to play tight end for my freshman,
1: team. By the way. He's a freshman. true
0: freshman. He's listed at 237. He's probably 245 or 250 if I had to guess. He's a big dude. Can really run, put together. Shows that he can go up and make his only catch of the game, but it was an incredible catch. Probably the best contested catch a Michigan receiver has made all year. When he went up between two defenders, made a play scored a touchdown and look, man, that that dude, that, that that dude's ready for whatever role you throw at him. I mean, he could, he could lead the team in catches next year. Like, and I'm just saying that because we know how the wide receivers are used and how the offense looks and it's probably not going to change much. And that guy, I saw somebody tweet this. I think I said it to you, Chris Colston Loveland already has the same amount of career touchdowns as Eric. All I'm not saying that to like throw shade on Eric all, but like, you know, you, you take a shot on the way out. You're going to get criticized a little bit. People are going to dive into what you did. And now all of a sudden people are saying like good riddance. I don't want to say good riddance, but like it didn't look good. And Michigan fans and everybody on that roster are like, well, we'll be fine. See you later. 83. Like that's that's how it's going to feel when it didn't need to go that way and it kind of it kind of sucks. But other than right. that, the tight end position is just fine. Uh, Colston Loveland is a dude. He's going to be a dude. He's going to be even better next year. Uh, you know, Michigan's going to be just fine. I mean, you hate to break it down like this, but it 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 warrants this kind of reaction when when you get a response well, like like Michigan just did what they did without Eric all all season. So like what what's the problem? Correct.
1: And can I just say oh. this cuz I do want to make it clear? I have absolutely no issue. No issue whether it be a guy like Eric All, Cade McNamara, whoever it may be in the near future. If they decide to transfer and they <laughs> feel that they've got right. a better fit somewhere else, I, you know, I encourage that. If you think there's a better opportunity for you somewhere else, I am totally pro being able to transfer, go play wherever you feel the best fit is. The only issue I have is when you leave the program you're with you put out some sort of statement like that and you leave everybody hanging and you basically make the program look like the bad guy. I take an issue yeah. with that. I mean, we cover Michigan. At the end of the day, you know, we're both Michigan fans. We both want the program to do well. We believe in the program. And so I, you know, I, you know, kind of in a way took that a bit personally. Sticks Maybe in your more craw. so than I should. A little, a little bit, bit yeah. in your
0: craw. A little bit in the old craw. Uh, thank you, Blue Heart, for the donation.
1: Appreciate Yeah, you. he
0: says it right. Two types of people in the world: there are players and people that are better than you. One, you can prove them wrong, try to get better, or two, woe is me, I've been slighted. Wham, wham, wham. There's a lot of that these days, and it's unfortunate to see Eric all go that route. Didn't see it coming, but there it is. Uh, the other yeah, news. About, I- how
1: was, how was, how was, yeah, are you going to touch on Mike Sainer still? Is that where we're going? Oh,
0: I forgot about that. Uh, that that one was such a good thing, and I kind of we kind of figured that that Great. was happening the way Jim Harbaugh was campaigning for it. But thank you for reminding me. Mikey was still announced he will officially be back for his fifth year of eligibility. Just incredible.
1: Incredible. Incredible. Huge. Uh, that That guy has, the way that he's grown during his time at Michigan and the transition he made from offense to defense to captain to leader, the way he conducts himself. This and we were talking about it on the way back from Indy. You start to go through the roster and who are the guys that are going to be back and what pieces yeah. are going to be there. And and then you get the news that Mike Sanera still is coming back. And it just to me, it it spells what I said before, continued success for a program that looks like it's finally built. To, to reach a certain level of success year after year. I don't view this as like, wow, this was a really cool two-year stretch, and then after that they're going to fall off because they're losing people. They are bringing back a ton of talent. We went through the defensive line. We're talking about guys like Mason Grant, Ken- or Mason Grant, Kenneth uh, – I'm sorry, Kenneth Grant, Mason Graham. Um, who am I missing here? Rayshon Benny.
0: You know, there's, they're I, there's they're eight guys. There's eight loaded. guys in the front four that me and Chris were both like, dude, you got Yabi Oki,
1: Jalen I, I, Harrell. I mean yes, –
0: so you've, got, Page. you've got your four, you've got your four interior guys and freshman Kenneth Grant and Mason Graham, Rayshon Benny, who's also young, and Chris Jenkins, who is not a senior. He go. will be back. Right. I guess he could flirt with the NFL, maybe, but I, I don't see it. I think he needs probably should come back one more year. We saw how that worked with Chris Hinton. We talked about that. He needs yep. to come back. He needs to be he needs to be a dude next year, and I, I think he will be if he comes back. On the edges, you've got Braden McGregor, Yabi Oki. Derek Moore and who's the last one I'm missing? They had four out there too. Did you say Jalen Harrell? Jalen Harrell, there you go. Jalen Harrell, Braden McGregor, Yabi Oki, Derek Moore, young, ready to go. You've got Junior oh, Cole coming back. You've got Will you Johnson. Will Johnson, Johnson out
1: there in the secondary.
0: <laughs> defense just fine. Offense also just fine. Little bit of work, little massaging to do on the O line we'll yeah. see what happens with Shrone Moore his future could be uh, I mean there so you know it's like this every year at a place like Michigan when you're winning games you've got big time players there's roster turnover there's staff turnover Jim Harbaugh has weathered that to perfection for the last two seasons I don't think it's going to change I don't think it's going to change so I Mike Morris might be he's not coming back I mean I'd be shocked if he comes back he's the highest graded prospect on Michigan's roster for the NFL I mean yeah. I just if he came back, that'd be incredible. I wouldn't bet on it. I would expect him to go pro, but we'll see. So yeah, when you go through the roster and you kind of start to name off some things and look at the different positions and who might be where, I think the biggest turnover and the most uh, uh, the most question marks is going to be along that offensive line, especially if Zach Zinner goes pro. That's another big question mark, and we'll get into some of that stuff. I got a little bit of that. Uh, uh, did I have some of that in uh, uh burning question? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that ends up looking, but... Yeah, Mike Sainristill still coming back is huge. I mean, I would I, – uh, how much money would you put down right now, Chris, on Mike Sainristill still being a two-time captain? <laughs> I mean, uh, all, all, all million the dollars, I all the money. Yeah. <laughs> all the money. Thank you for the donation, AC. Wilhelm, the Don wreaks similar havoc in the next game or two. How do uh, the rep splits look next year? Well, that's, that's assuming that Blake Corum's coming back. We don't know for sure. Chris, I think you're leaning – more towards him returning. I'm not so sure. I I just, it's not based on any inside information. It's more just kind of big picture, the shelf life of a running back. He's already dealt with some injury. Like you could strike while the iron's hot a little bit right now. And you know what?
1: He, I lean more towards him returning for some of the reasons that I mentioned. I mean, you know, being able I think if he comes back, he'll be a captain on the team. There's obviously some things that he's, you know, leaving on the table here with the injury in terms of what he's, you know, been able to accomplish. I think he'll be a front runner in the uh, in the Heisman Trophy conversation right out the gate. Um and 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 then when you see a guy like now, I albeit different position, different reasons, probably wants to get more on tape. But when when you have a guy like Mike Sainer still come back and you have the type of roster coming back that is coming back, I think for Blake Corum, Michigan is an appealing place to be. If you if you want to continue to win and you want to continue to develop your craft, and I know that the NFL is always going to have a huge pull, but I, I don't think he's the kind of guy that's gonna be motivated by like, you know whatever the payday is going to be like to me, I just don't think that's going to factor into much into the decision that he's going to make. Obviously it'll factor in a little bit, but I just have a feeling that he comes back. I have a feeling that there's, there's things here that he wants to accomplish and, and we'll see how it all plays out. And if he chooses to move on, I think Michigan's still going to be fine in the backfield, even if it's yeah. not even yeah. Edwards, CJ Stokes, you know, I, I, they, they've got guys that can, that can make things happen. And, uh, but man, I really, I just, I don't, I don't want this to be the end of Blake Coram's right career. Here. I don't want to, I don't want to see it end with like five plays in Columbus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that would be a little bit of a tough pill to swallow. And and I think Donovan, go- Edwards, Donovan Edwards said it in
1: his, in his post game when he was up on the, when he was up on the, uh, you know, the, the podium there, up on the stage and he was talking about it. Like if Blake Coram is healthy, if Blake Coram's able to play in that game, like that dude's probably winning the Heisman the way things played out. I'm sure yeah. he would have had a big game against Ohio State. I'm sure he would have had a big game against Purdue, uh, and he's and he's probably a Heisman front runner. And so I don't know how much of that you know means you know when you're when you're looking at the NFL and you're looking at coming back. I know Blake is the first guy to say that individual accolades, you know, oh, are secondary both. to yeah. the overall picture. But I got to think those things factor in a little bit.
0: You like being told you're the best if you work hard for something. I mean, it's, it's I it's, always it's, like better. that. Yeah. Uh, Fletch lives daily. I love you, man, but I don't even know why you asked that question. Yes. if Blake Corum wants to come back. Yes. Do you want him <laughs> back? Sure. Like With a billion arm, times yes. over. Can he get six more years of eligibility? I mean, I, I, just yes. <laughs> yes. You want Blake Corham to come back. Uh, and then to kind of put a bow on this Blake Corum thing. This is the running back position is unique. You, you carry the ball another 250 times next year as a senior. Yep. It changes your draft stock. It changes a lot of things. It's, it's it's a fluid thing. And Chris just said it like, you know, where the accolades rank? I mean, you could come back and maybe be a title contending team again next year. It sure looks like it. So there's a lot of things that work in both directions on this one. And we'll, you know, we'll see what Blake Corum decides. I think he just posted something to his social media today, like getting rehab and he had his left knee out there and a bunch yep. of stuff on it. It was a little puffed up. So he's going through that. I mean, how does he come through the rehab? Does he feel like he's back at 100%? Does he still have the burst? Is he still as strong with his left leg? I mean, like there's so many things that go into what he's working working through right now and what his decision will ultimately be, but yes, if you can get him, you absolutely absolutely take him. Is my audio good? I just got a phone call and that always seems to mess things up. Yeah, good? Good. good? Yeah, Okay. Yeah. All right, so we'll take that off there. We got a few more donations to check out. Um and then we'll get to uh, the last subject. And we kind of just t- touched on it. Actually, I'll touch on it right now because we it's the topic we were just talking about. The the Heisman finalists were officially set today, Chris. We don't need to spend a lot of time on this. But Max Duggan, QB from TCU, who we'll see up close and personal in a few weeks. Yep. DJ Stroud, who we just saw up close and personal. Caleb Williams crumbled a little bit against Utah, but that kid's been pretty special all year. And then Stikwavius Bennett, um, everybody's favorite quarterback from Georgia. Um, I actually just, I, I like Stetson Bennett. I know they beat Michigan pretty bad last year, but I like his story. I like how he plays. And again, the Stuquavius thing just makes him that much cooler. So anyway, four <laughs> quarterbacks, unfortunately, no Blake Corum, but it's like Chris just said, if he's healthy, he plays against Ohio state plays against Purdue. He's got a chair in New York and it sucks that that's yeah. not happening. And maybe that's enough motivation to, you know, a part of the motivation to, to come back to, to Michigan. For well, one
1: and year. and and we looked at the schedule already. And again, till you get to Columbus, I mean, it, it it looks like Michigan, go ahead and go through their 2023 schedule and try to pick out where that roster loses, especially coming off the season and the conference. I mean, you're going to get a, a, a now at this point a veteran quarterback in J.J. McCarthy. Yep. You're going to get a healthy Donovan Edwards back. You're going to have guys like Darius Clemens who are ready to step up. I mean, you're going to have... You're going to have weapons on offense. You're going to have a ton of weapons on defense. I think this team is once again next year primed to make another title run, and if Blake Coram is part of the mix, yeah, when you have a healthy uh, Donovan Edwards for the year, that does take some of the mileage off of Blake Coram. and I think that that's that's what has to be considered as well. So again, yes, if you can have him back, you take him back 1,000%. Zero question.
0: Couple really good points here. There has been rumor about Braylon Allen looking at Michigan, and if he could come, you would absolutely take that guy, too, because he's a star, and he would I mean, he would just make that room that much better. And, oh, by the way, Khalil Mullings just scores two touchdowns in the Big Ten Championship and looks good playing running back in a position where he was battling for snaps at linebacker. So, like, there's a lot of things going on in there. Blake Corum will sit down and wade through all of it obviously before he makes a decision on whether he's going to come back or not. Uh no Chad doubt. Everett, thank you for the donation, sir. If Corum comes back, hope there's a balance between the backs and still letting JJ sling it more. Yeah, that's 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 been it all year. You got those running backs back there and they're really freaking good, so give it to them a lot, but damn is it fun to watch JJ spin that thing and throw it around the yard a little bit. So Here's what I will not do. How that looks Here's what I will not no complaining do. about it, though, anymore. I will right? not question right. the process, yeah. I, whatever.
1: Yeah. If, if they come out the gate in the first three weeks and they run it, uh, you know, 60 times every single. I'm not going to say a damn word. They whatever they're doing, it's working 13 and zero, looking like I don't know. Do, do you want to call them a favorite to win the national? I mean, I think you still got to consider Georgia right until somebody yeah. can, can knock off Georgia. But damn it. The, the fact that Michigan is even like. Right there with them. Yeah. And, and, and with the way they're built, not just physically, not just, you know, the athleticism, but it, and you've heard a lot about it this week, the mental makeup of the team, which is something that we've been talking about for a long time. They just don't get rattled and uh they are going to be a tough out in the college football playoff. And I am, I am praying, praying to the college football gods, praying that they get the buckeyes in the national championship. I want it. I want to see it because the only thing better than beating Ohio state once in one season is doing it twice in the same season and once for a national championship. (sighs) They won't be able to say a day. I mean, what can you say if you're a Buckeye at that point, it it will break the entire state of Ohio. They might say
0: bye-bye Ryan day. That's maybe (laughs) what they would say. Honestly,
1: (laughs) I just want to see the whole state of Ohio just crumble into pieces 45 despair. and
0: 5 hit the fucking bricks Ryan. <laughs> See you later. I mean, dude, unbelievable if that plays out that way. Uh AJ Cooper, thank you, sir. I know he's not the same athlete as Hassan, but especially with 3 weeks to get ready for TCU Mullings. Yeah, Colel, dude, look. Cole Mullings was a nice running back in high school. There were a lot of schools that recruited him to play running back. Obviously, he came to Michigan. Dude, the kid, he's a truck, man. He is big bodied put together. Yeah. Got a head like a St. Bernard on him, dude. He just looks like he's ready to run through a wall, man. So you give him the ball down there by the goal line. And, and good. Yeah. that was like after a few days of practice, he scores two touchdowns in the Big Ten Championship. So, yeah, I wouldn't rule that out. I would not rule that out either. That he might even game. be in the
1: quarterback competition. Do we have another quarterback competition? Is Khalil Mullins going to enter? His hat into the ring there in the off season. I mean, that, that guy seems to, to be a compliment, a bit by ugly. the way.
0: Having a head like a St. Bernard, that's a good thing for a football player. I just want to be clear. Yeah, I
1: mean, dudes, <clears throat> you know, <throat> that uh, brick shit house, whatever, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah. term, you, you, you throw just, freak
0: out there. Some people are like, eh, no, that's a good thing. Let's relax. Yeah. Uh, Drew Tomlin, thank you, sir. Missing the all maze uniforms. What do you think we see uh, the chances of seeing them come back? Are you new? surprised
1: we didn't see those at all this year? Yeah, I don't know. I'm a little bit I, surprised we didn't see the all maze, and I'm very, very surprised given that it was teased during all the recruiting visits the that we didn't see blue. the maze top with the blue bottom.
0: Yeah, I don't love the maize jersey. I don't. I don't. It doesn't.
1: Well, it doesn't really have a true maze feel to it.
0: I just don't really like it that much. I love, dude. The all blue is so slick and fast looking. That's
1: almost become the standard. The all, the silly. all blue is is. Just, I think it's they've so worn good. that. Have, have they worn that more than they've worn the traditional this year? They've worn that they've in out. the
0: big games for sure. Yeah, every big match the they've G2, had, too, for sure. Yeah, every big matchup they've had. They've certainly they've certainly put on the all blues and made it look pretty good, man. Pretty good. All right, uh, let's get a little word on. Let's see, Chris. Let's go Wolverine State Brewing Company, hey. real quick, just to let you know. Decided to have a couple massacres yesterday just to take the edge off when I got home. And let me tell you, Chris, (laughs) that's all you need. That is all you need. I know Chris and I had a couple libations in Indianapolis after the game. Fine establishment there in Indy. (laughs) Can't hold Wolverine State Brewing Company's jock when it came to vibe, food, beer, I'm so pumped that that's that's like our flagship place, dude. It's awesome.
1: I really enjoy going there every single time I yes. go there. I, I have a good time, and 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 I say it every time we talk about them. But the the people, the group that they have there, the crew, they just make it feel like home, and it's always an enjoyable experience. And then when you add in the the good beer and the good food, it's you know it's it's hard to. It's hard to find a better little spot. And I mean, if, if you're not trying to be right downtown Ann Arbor, do right. you want to on site nice-
0: parking? Uh, yes. Yeah.
1: Right. On site parking, nice little spot, kind of tucked away there. And then during the summer, they've got the outdoor seating there. Yeah. It's,
0: it's just, a, it's a real cool little spot. Very, very cool. Um, Fletch, the massacre is a, I, I probably I might get it wrong in describing it, but I believe it's a bourbon barrel aged beer. It's a beer, but it's got a very strong you know, some dark, li- I think bourbon or whiskey barrel, whatever it might be 16 and,
1: <laughs> and a half percent or some shit 15,
0: like that. 15%. So you drink one of those. It's like, you're drinking three, you know, yard beers or whatever. And it, it, it'll knock you on your ass pretty good, but it's like, it's strong, but it's like, it's good, man. And I'm not a big beer guy, but that's, that'll, that'll do the trick. That'll do the <laughs> trick. So yeah, get you one of them. Let, let me know how your night goes. I'm guessing it's going to go well. So, there you go. Um, all right, let's take take a look at some of these predictions. That way we can dive just a little deeper into the game against Purdue, and we'll kind of close the show with looking ahead a little bit, talking about some big-picture stuff and moving into the month of December here as we get ready for TCU out in Arizona. All right, Chris, I, I didn't write them down anywhere, Chris. What was your score prediction? Do you remember what it was? It was 50-something.
1: I think it, it was 50- one. Hold on a second. Let me see. Let me see here. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. So the got
0: final it. score was 43-22. 52-13. Chris said 52 13. I said 45 eh, 17. We were in the ballpark. Uh, you know, really? Michigan was gave, you know, I uh I said, oh, Iowa again. Purdue was a little bit better on offense than I thought they would be. At least they had a little more success. Charlie Jones, dude. I mean, he had he had several Michigan wide receivers entire seasons in about a quarter of play. Dude was just open all night, but I think Michigan was fine. They conceded lots of catches and yards to him. They didn't get in the end zone very much. And, you know, at the end of the day, Michigan wins by three touchdowns. Some of the things I thought would happen, it didn't really play out that way. Chris, the first one I thought, I thought Donovan Edwards would score two touchdowns, but lo and behold, it was Kalel Mullings instead. Still, Dono, 25 carries, a buck 85, scored a touchdown. He was incredible again. Turns out he might actually be a true running back. Maybe the Spartans need to get their shit together and watch the say, football. Good he God. Looked,
1: he, looked, uh, he looked okay between the tackles. He looked just fine between the tackles. The a so I, you know. He's a
0: star running back and Wild. can do it all. I thought he would score twice. Kalel instead. Good for him.
1: Yeah, good for him. I mean, it's, it's nice to have a guy that can come in when you're near the goal line like that. Like you said, he's got... The dude is, he's built in a way where if you need to get a yard, he'll get you a yard. There's no doubt about it. And I think having him be able to go into the backfield and utilize him in that way. And and again, you take some of that mileage, some of that punishment off of a guy like Donovan Edwards, who's whos the workhorse now and carrying a lot of the load. I think anytime you have a guy like that, uh, it's a phenomenal weapon to have in your arsenal. And it obviously, it, it you know, it, it uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for here? I don't know. It, it was
0: behooves good. the Wolverines. I don't know what direction you were going with that. Uh, whatever you know, whatever. Maybe behooves there
1: it is. That's the one I was looking for. It behooves
0: behooves the Wolverines to have another. Okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> second prediction. God
1: damn it! Can we do Chris? an entire I... show where we just use big words?
0: That'd be fun. <laughs> like a yeah, like a
1: fan... Can we call it Fancy Friday? Fancy Friday. A monocle with top hats.
0: We drink tea. We'll have to bring. <laughs>
1: we'll have to bring down um,
0: I, I tried, Chris. I tried to go back to the well. Andrew Anthony catch a touchdown pass. Didn't even have a target, I don't think. Didn't have a catch. If he had a target, it's escaping me. But he did yeah. not have a catch in the game. And I think we're I think we just liked Andrell for the wrong reasons because he dude he finished the thirteen game season with seven catches. Sad well, day.
1: It's a sad day. I mean you can't catch the ball when, you know, you, uh, listen. <laughs> I do, don't want to be careful about <laughs> just I. You can't catch the ball when it's not being thrown to you, and and I get that he has been thrown to, and he's had some opportunities, and he's missed them. But by and large, I don't know. You, you know, go go into the stats and tell me how many times andrell has been targeted over the last you know twelve or thirteen weeks, and then and then square that up with how many catches, how many you know how many yeah. times was not catch, how many times was the ball overthrown. Uh, you know, <laughs> I see people. <laughs> people trying to get me to get, I will never, I will never jump off the Andrew Anthony train. Not going to happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just, I thought maybe, okay, big game, maybe, a, you know, nothing, not even a catch. Uh, I was also very wrong about Cornelius Johnson. I thought maybe we saw a new element. He's the deep threat. Now the, oh, look how that worked against Ohio state. Let's scheme it again. Let's get CJ loose. I thought he would have a 40 yard touchdown catch. He had one catch for nine yards. That was it. another we're going to get into what the reasoning behind all of these lackluster wide receiver numbers in just a minute. But Cornelius, I thought maybe he'd get loose for a deep ball again, and it, it didn't happen.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it,
0: again, it's, I was out on is, a limb with that one, but still, you know, we get him yeah. loose, man. Let him run. Let these guys run. Damn. well
1: and and again and then, and then you look up at the scoreboard at the end yeah, of it and Michigan wins and it's dominant and it's like who the hell cares what it looks like at this point I mean I it's it's the same thing we've talked about all year there's certain things you'd like to see happen certain things that you think should happen but at the end of the day 13 and0 and pretty much dominating every single opponent yeah. you play including Ohio State and you know a favorite to win the semifinal what what are they a favorite is it a what are they what's the spread CCU. against PCU, nine and a half. Nine and a half, so pretty heavy favorite there in the semifinal game. Looking like they're going to be in the national championship game. I just, I can't, I can't complain about it. It doesn't necessarily look the way I always want it to look, but at the end of the day, you know, it looks real good. Thirteen and zero looks
0: real good. Making, making plans for the
1: college football playoff. That's real good. So,
0: yeah, is what it is. Um, So to to kind of put a bow on some of these, I thought Andrew would have a touchdown. He didn't. I thought Cornelius would be pretty involved. He wasn't. JJ McCarthy, I thought he'd throw for 250. You, no, not even, dude. He went 11 for 17, 11 for 17, 161 yards. Did have the three touchdowns. Some in, he made four or five like put him on the J. NFL real yeah. throws. Right yep. now, seeds, dimes, yep. darts, got a hose. Whatever, whatever you want to say, all true. He's got a hose, dude. All true <laughs> about JJ McCarthy. Did have the one bad interception. Missed Donovan Edwards up the middle, tried to force it to Ronnie Bell. I don't think Ronnie Bell was looking or didn't think he was going to bring it to him. And it was, I mean, it hit the defender right between the numbers, easy interception. But other than that, he was pretty efficient, pretty good. Got three scores through the air. Didn't even get close to 250 yards.
1: Yeah. Well, again, it's it—it it, it rarely. Here's what I'll say about Michigan. It rarely looks the way you think it's going to look or even the way you hope it might look. They just find ways to get the damn job done. And again, I can't question it. But I will say this. I will say this. One of my predictions was a pick six from Will Johnson. Now, we didn't get a pick six from Will Johnson, but we did get two interceptions from Will Johnson. And so I'm going to call that as a win. I'm going to take that wow. as
0: well, two, inter- wow. listen,
1: two interceptions. Are just as good as a pick six in my mind.
0: I'm calling that a win. It's you a victory. To strongly disagree all with good. that, but it, it was all a good. great game. It was a great game. We can say that. I don't think you have the. Li- I don't think you have the authority to be out here to listen, take cash listen, wins when they're not wins.
1: Listen, I've got the. I've got all the authority, and I'll tell you this. That kid, my goodness, I mean, he's a he, a <laughs> true freshman and looks like. Just looks like a grown ass man out there. I mean, the way he plays defense, the way he tackles, how physical he is. I mean, he he is the real deal, and I'm so excited to watch him develop throughout his career.
0: Yeah, this is Chris Breyler. Can I talk to somebody at support <laughs> with Fanduel? I, I'd like. I, no, this is a win. Let, let this this is a win. Well, you you see, needed 57. That's a win. This is why I don't
1: gamble because I'd be having those conversations. Now, hold up a minute. You're taking my money after he got you. Need two to tell people.
0: me. <laughs> Discussions will be had. Is that not that's the Breyer family line? Discussions will be had. Serious Uh, discussions will be had. Serious discussions will be had. There you go. And last but not least, the only damn thing I got right in this whole game of predictions was that Michigan would win by at least seventeen points in the second half, Mm. and they did twenty-nine to nine in the second. Got to find out what's going
1: on in that locker room. We got to get somebody in there. We got to get we got to get a uh, a hidden camera somewhere in the locker room. We got to find out what they're doing something fishy's going on in there right something has to be
0: jim harbaugh just can't be that good at his job can he <laughs> i don't know starting to look like it starting to look like it all right we've got a mediascapes ad coming up should we go exit 19 oh my god i'm, get, I'm getting ptsd please PTSD. pull it down nah nah uh, we'll go with the regular woo. one richie hey this is rich from mediascapes located in burton let me fill you in a little bit about our business we are a full-service sign and graphic company from banners, yard signs, to vehicle wraps. When it comes to marketing your business, we also provide video and photography services as well as apparel and promotional items. If it's something that will make your business or organization stand out, we do it. And I guarantee we do it well. We are Mediascapes on Dora Highway south of Bristol Road just before Rock Bottom. Check out our work at Mediascapes.com. That's Mediascapes with a K.com. As always, MediaScape's with a K. There's the number, the location, the tagline. Said it all year long, man. They were a big part of what we did this year. Rich and the, and the crew over at MediaScape's could not be happier with uh, everything that they. I mean, if it had stopped just right here, Chris, <laughs> we'd still be happy and ecstatic and thrilled with yeah, everything yeah. that that they were about. But it, it just no it job. went so far and above and beyond that. So big shout out to Rich over there, Chris. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got. Oh, I was like, "Wait, did did we lose Chris? Did we lose Chris?" So you actually brought this up to me, and I think it was just—I think it was Dan. I think it was the old buddy Dan from NL, right there. Where did you see the uh, the whole halftime scandal? I didn't see that either. You you brought it to my attention. Where did that come from?
1: Let me see. Who? Hold on. Just chat. Maybe give uh, give these folks a little bit of a. a background as to what we're talking about here, just so that it's right. Not okay, so
0: everybody knows that Michigan has been like it's been like a different team after halftime. Michigan comes out and just wins, wins, wins. Win. I mean, like what was it, hundred and three to three or something at one point? I mean, at one teams like literally were not scoring in the second half, and Michigan was putting up twenty plus every single week. And so now, apparently, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if it was some slap a fan from another school somebody who actually matters any, you know, dink with an opinion. I don't know.
1: I can't, I can't, find. I, I usually, yeah. I usually screenshot these things. I think it's a gentleman who covers Michigan state athletics. Okay. I'm not sure in what capacity, so um, the idea but idea has
0: been floated that Michigan is doing something nefarious and that's why they've been able to.
1: Something's leave. happening at halftime. That's allowing Michigan to come out and be as dominant as they are.
0: Okay, Eric May is saying that it was on 11 Warriors, which is a. Ohio- I, I, I saw it
1: somewhere out there and I saw people retweeting it and I was like, that's what we're going with now. That's what like that's the latest conspiracy theory that somehow some way when Michigan goes into the locker room, there's something happening in there that's giving them an unfair advantage and they just I don't know, man, it's exhausting. It's exhausting keeping up with all the bullshit throughout the week. It really is. I mean, you know, the, the you go back last week and, you you know, the the Mozzie thing and the conspiracy theories that were floating out there about that and, you know, how even the law is against the folks over at Michigan State. And now you got those same people claiming that Michigan's doing something during the half that's, you know, giving them an unfair advantage. I, it's, it's hard to keep up with. Maybe that's uh, what it is. You know, Sean Patrick. OK, that's so- what it is. That's that's what they're that's what they're struggling to understand. Is it's good coaching, and they're just not familiar with that in yeah. East Atlantic. It's Like a foreign concept to them. When you when you're not when you're paying ninety five million dollars to not even make a bowl game, I think they're just like, what? How can you be that good? Like good coaching isn't even something that dawns on them.
0: Okay, so Justin Spiro is a Michigan state person. He covers them in some capacity. If it's this tweet, then he was just, he was completely being facetious and just joking. But he said, my totally serious, my totally serious theory is that Michigan injects their entire team with an illegal super drug at halftime of every game. And they're facing real scrutiny. I'm just asking questions. Are we positive? They aren't getting help from alien overlords at halftime. So obviously he's,
1: it wasn't that it was it, w- it was it was definitely not that
0: but there there i feel like there has been some other stuff out there that i started to see once chris brought it to my attention here so. it
1: is here it is it's it's from the same from the same gentleman 9:46 a.m. so i think maybe what happened is he got some backlash someone needs to investigate what michigan is doing in the locker room at halftime of every game it has to be something Oh okay okay so that's what he tweeted out and then obviously he got his ass kicked all over twitter for mm-hmm. it and then think probably you know rethought the tweet but
0: again it's like it's it's just
1: to the well, things no. that come out of
0: the very first response to his tweet was like it's called having a good coach and a good staff <laughs> michigan state should try it sometime <laughs> like so so there you go you certainly
1: paid for it my god I,
0: yeah yeah then he said, "I suggest I suspect foul play, and it just went." There you out. go, Lydia.
1: They pull out the they pull out the Michigan branded uh, Ouija board, uh, and, and they start asking the uh, asking the uh, the spirits what they need to do in the second half to pull out the game. I could see that. I, actually, I could see Jim Harbaugh doing that.
0: <laughs> so there you go. All right, Chris. I don't know if you have one off the top of your head, but it's that time.
1: <sighs> Holy! Do hell. you have one? Oh my god! I'm gonna I'm gonna have to let you go first. I don't I, I don't have
0: one. At the Full disclosure: I forgot to write one down this week too. So you could I was I was doing burning questions. I was trying to get the here. Yeah, you know what? Here I, I wasn't gonna go
1: there. I was gonna let it go. But I, I, I oh I, I, have, I have a uh, TFG. I have is a this TFG. What, is
0: this, are you really doing this?
1: And listen, I hope the guy's watching. Oh, assuming he can get uh, assuming he oh, gets uh, internet over there and, and whatever and, yeah. and and you know no no. <laughs> Oh boy. I'm just going to pull it out. Some gentleman wow. from the Fox Sports this crew, guy. I go over to take pictures post-game. And you know how it is when you're a photographer, you're running around, you're trying to figure out where you can take pictures. You're just trying to get the good shots that you can get, right? And I listen, I've been doing this for a year. I've been told to move. I've been told you can't be here. You can't do this. Yada, 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 whatever. I run over to get a shot of the Fox Sports desk with Jim Harbaugh and J.J. McCarthy over there. And I crouch down to get this shot. You know, the cameras are facing this way. So I'm facing the same way the cameras are facing. I want to get a shot. And some some force grabs me from behind. Old shoulders and like off to the left, like throws me over to the left, and it, it, it took it took a minute for me to sort of figure out what the hell happened, and then at that point it was like it was like game on, it was face to face, it was nearly coming to blows. You know, I said I I said my piece, and uh, I, I've never had that happen, man. I've never had another. Another person put their hands on me at a football game. I mean, I pretty much blacked out, took my camera shit off, and was ready to <laughs> mix it up right there with like Urban Meyer and Brady so, and all, Matt Linehart doing an interview about 10, 10, uh, 10 feet away. I was about ready to scrap right there at Lucas
0: Oil. Let me add some Let me add some context to this. So I, I didn't know. I'm up in the booth. Chris is down on the field. I tried finding him, but there's a million people around. I couldn't see him. So I call him. And, and this is also sketchy sometimes because sometimes the phones don't work down on the, like, so what I, was, I know what to expect. So I call him. He answers. I'm like, hey, dude, how's everything going down there? He's like, yeah, yeah, walking. And I'm like, you, you want to jump on and maybe do a live or something? We can do a postgame show. And he's like, I can't, I can't even get there right now, dude. I almost just fucking killed a guy. I'm going to kill him. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa what, what happened down there? He's like, I'll tell you later, dude. And he just hung up. I'm like, what? Meanwhile, I'm up there like legs crossed, like eating a cookie. I'm like, what? What's Chris doing down? There? I mean, I
1: told him, I told him I was not leaving the field until I saw him leave the field, so I could follow him out. I mean, that that was where I was at at that point. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. And I had security guards trying to calm me down. Fortunately, <laughs> there were there were three security guards around that saw it that came up to me and was, they were like, no, that's fucked up. Like nobody should put. I'm, I'm like, listen, if you need me to move, just tell me you need me to move. Don't put your hands on me. Once you do that, it's like.
0: So Chris is fuming. It kind of it kind of calms down, but then it's like an hour later. We're at the bar. We both got a, a beer going. Music's playing, and Chris <laughs> looks at me. He goes, "Dude, what would you have done if that guy grabbed?" And I'm like, "Jesus, uh, I don't know, dude. I don't." So we're talking I about it again. Can't let I can't, let it, like I can't let it go. I can't let it we're go. are laughing. I feel like. Let me finish. Let me finish. There's another. There's another chapter. So we we were laughing about it. We had a good time. We had a couple beers at the bar. We get, we get back to the hotel. We go to sleep. It's late as hell at this point. I mean, we didn't leave the, we didn't leave the stadium until almost 2 o'clock in the morning. That game took it was a late. long time. It was late. So we get back to the hotel. We get ready to tuck in, go to bed, whatever. We get up in the morning. We get all our stuff around. We get in the elevator. Chris, again, looks over at me. He's like, this is how you know you got a problem, dude. The first thing I did when I got up this morning was I Googled Fox grunt labor worker cord guy. Like he was trying to find the man by describing what he is. I'm not going to let it go. I'm not going to let it go. Here's if any of you have
1: ever, if if you've ever seen Seinfeld out there, there's an episode where you know George Costanza, some some guy burns him in a meeting, says something to him in a meeting, and he has a comeback, but he doesn't figure it out until afterwards, and then it drives him crazy, and he can't let it go until he finds this guy. You're right, and has to, and has to. That's how I feel about this. I feel like this guy deserved to get popped and he didn't get popped. And until he gets popped, I'm not going to be able to let it go. So if I see him out at the fiesta bowl, if I see him out in LA, I'm telling you, I'll never forget that face. I mean, we were like this far from one another and I, I let him off the hook. I let him go. You never let another person put their hands on you. And the only reason I, I didn't retaliate was because I had my badges on. I had my camera with me. I didn't want to sacrifice any of the, uh, the professional, you know, the jerk store called. Yeah, well, there's going to be another store call the next time I see. It was. I can't. It, let was, it go. I won't let it go.
0: I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, just to kind of put a bow on this whole experience to uh, in in uh, Indy. I'm gonna go with like one of our one of our funny, more positive TFGs. Like, you know, when you see somebody do something, you're like, "What the hell is this guy do?" This fucking guy. <laughs> Me and Chris are at the bar. Really, several very cool bartenders in there. We were chopping it up with them, telling them our story a little bit. You know, we're with SI, we're doing this, we're just at the game. They're telling us all the years, you know, going back to when the Big Ten championship was there and how crazy. Because this one was pretty low key. Chris and I were pretty surprised by how subdued it was outside. There wasn't like a big street party like there was. It didn't last... feel like
1: a party this time. Yeah, but... it
0: was different. So we talking to him about this, and that, whatever. This one dude that ended up being one of the cooler guys we chopped it up with all night. He had a big beard. He had long hair. It was pulled up in a bun. He was just—he was a cool dude. He was funny. He was doing, you know, talking to us all night about all these different things. At one point, he walked away and he was doing something at the computer. And Chris and I, I think Chris, because I, I was leaning this way towards Chris, and Chris was looking this way, and he was in Chris's peripheral. And Chris is he's like, Did you see what that guy just did? And I'm like, What? I'm like that bartender is hilarious. The dude put chapstick on. Did he didn't he also put the chapstick on in a little bit of like a funny way? Uh, I feel really like said that.
1: I mean, there's no there's no real manly there's way not to a apply. Manly chapstick. way
0: to apply chapstick, <laughs> correct. He put chapstick on all over his mouth and then proceeded to lift up his arm sleeve and kiss his arms with ChapStick on And then he was doing something with his belly, and he was pretending to play the piano. This guy was – he had a journey right in front of us. But, look, I'd be lying to you if I said I never did just a a token joking around, like, on the biceps. (laughs) I've never applied
1: ChapStick. No, I don't think he knew anybody was watching. He, was he just off in his no own way. element, doing his own thing.
0: Thought it was hilarious. It, it stuck with it me. I the whole time I've been thinking, like, I wish we would have partied with that guy a little bit more.
1: Listen, I'm just gonna put it out there right now, Fox Sports crew. Keep your head on a swivel. That's all I'm gonna say. Your boy's not letting it go. Yeah.
0: No, I want to be very clear, Malachi. This was not like a frat boy move. This was like a. I don't just a hilarious, like quirky dude. He was awesome. Yeah. He was hilarious. Yeah. I, I enjoyed talking to that dude and I, I found it very entertaining that he was, you know, yes, dude, your mom is dead, is, is dead on the Rot Reiler was loose again. He just, he, some,
1: some, some things just need to be finished. Damn it, Brandon. You know what I'm saying? Some well, things just need to finish and it's not finished.
0: It'll never be over here, <laughs> Chris. Do you want to field this question, CJ? <laughs>
1: uh yeah. I mean, not that there is certainly not anything wrong with that. I did think that that I did think that we were there. Uh, I think I did think that that was the type of bar that we were in when we first walked in, just based on based on what was going on but i think it was just there was there were a lot of people you know it was it was yeah. a here's the thing it was a pizza place and we that's yeah. why we originally went there because we thought we were going to be able to get pizza but the, the game yeah. didn't get over until so late that by the time we got in they stopped making food at 2 a.m so we just sat there and drank instead but the vibe in there i mean it was they're playing Drake. They're playing little baby. There were Michigan fans. There were like people from Indianapolis. I mean, it was just a real good group and mix of people. The bartenders were great. The vibe was the vibe was on point. I really enjoyed it. But yes, homeless guy, guy came in and had Brandon buy him a drink, buy him a Coke, Um, charged his speaker while he was in there. And the, <laughs> the main entrance was in it, like you had to drive through an alley to get into into the place, so it was a little bit nefarious, but man, it was fantastic. Enjoy guy
0: comes up, homeless dude comes up, orders a Coke, orders the Coke, and then hands me the receipt and is like, You helped me out with this. I'm like, did, <laughs> You just ordered it. Like, well, what else are you gonna do? Like, whatever. You're a good guy, Brandon. off the guy a Coke, he was fine. He got out of there, he had a good night. Yeah, should get-
1: we talk about that, Brandon? Should we talk about listen? We went there to go get food. Should we talk about what you did in the press box a little bit before I'd rather we went? not. I'd rather not. Because <laughs> you're, de- you're developing a little bit of a reputation of, you know, the Subway rapper, some of the other things, and then what you told me you did in that press box towards the end.
0: Well, okay, so they brought, they brought pizza up at halftime in the press box. I didn't eat any at that time because I wasn't hungry, and we were, you know, the game had plenty before the pregame. It was fine. But then at the end of the game, I was hungry, and I went up there, and the pizza was pretty much gone. So they had normal round pizzas, and they cut them into, like, little squares. Like, the squares were small, like little – so you could grab a bunch of them, and it stretched a lot, you know, when people were going out there and getting their plates filled up or whatever. But by the time I got up there at the end of the game, all that was left was, like, the nasty, like, dingy crust all the way around. (laughs) Of course, all the good pieces – Basically
1: flavored cardboard.
0: Yes, all the good pieces in the middle, with cheese and pepperoni on them, were were gone. No, no, no. This was no company. This was a store bought item. We're starting on the ground floor already. This was not a high price. Totinos. This was, <laughs> this was not a gourmet pie.
1: Microwaved.
0: They banged them out in like one of those tall, like kitchen, like warm up a bunch of shit at one time. That's how they brought them out there. And I, but you know, desperate times for desperate measures. So I grabbed four or five of the little crust <laughs> and i'm not and i took i started eating one ate it started eating the second one and i was really questioning like my life at that moment i was like what why am i eating this this is awful i don't want to eat it we got out there to and my stomach started hurting i told chris that's when i think i told chris <laughs> the story because i was like bro my stomach is not maybe that's how you got sick uh, maybe yeah I'm, I'm battling through it a little bit i wasn't going to bring it up in case i had a bad show unless i had a bad show but i think this one's been just fine <laughs> so anyway it was an event It know and whenever chris and i are on the road it seems to be an event
1: yeah there's always something that goes down
0: that's what it was all right chris last but not least when it comes to our sponsors the guys over at the army national guard in grand Ledge. Yes, sure what do you got to say I mean, we're coming down the, the the home stretch here with our sponsors unless we re-up and do some different things with them. So I don't know how many more times we're going to talk about them, but these guys have been awesome all year as well.
1: Yeah. Again, it just, it goes back to our experience that we had there over the summer. It was a life-changing experience and and getting to go out there and spend time with those guys and and Jared Johnson and Dave Lewis and and, and some of the other crew that's there and, you know, just hanging around them and, and having walking away from it with a totally different interpretation of what the army national guard is all about and the type of people that are there. And then obviously when you get to get into a, a Chinook helicopter and fly with the football team and fly over Michigan stadium, I mean, those are experiences that stay with you forever. And, you know, it doesn't mean that everybody's going to get to do that, but, but by and large, the, what I walked away from all of that experience was these are just incredible people. They do incredible things. And I think Again, I encourage anybody out there who's like, you know, if you're getting into your adult life and you're trying to think, you know, what might be the best fit for you and this is something that maybe you're considering, I highly, highly encourage you to go talk to the folks over there in Grand Ledge, set up a meeting, make a call, do whatever you have to do. Um, and at least get out there and and meet them and experience it. That is their recruiting division. And I know that recruiting for the army national guard isn't where they want it to be. And so, you know, Jared's really been leading the effort, um, in terms of trying to modernize the way they recruit and bring people in. And and that's part of the reason why you see us out there, just a couple of dinks posted up on the tarmac with the RV. Um, but they're trying to modernize the way they do things. And, And again, they're, they're a great group of people, you know, We hang out with them when we're doing events. We hang out with them when we're not doing events. It's just, it's fun to be around them. They're very enjoyable. And again, I would encourage anybody, if if that's anything that you're even remotely looking into, make a call, make a, set up a meeting, do whatever you got to do to get out there because those guys need it.
0: So I'm really excited to show this, Chris. I'll do it just briefly. So somebody asked me like, Hey, send me the link for your show. I know we're almost done now, but I was going to send the link and. Really, really, really happy with YouTube for choosing this moment as the thumbnail as I'm kissing the old bicep there on the... Uh... <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Should I give him one? I'll give him one. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can't have enough. It's <laughs> never enough oh it's never enough all right well dude we're at 55 minutes and we haven't started burning questions yet what are we we doing here
1: Uh, I mean, we can, we can run through them. A lot of them are going to come off the top of the old dome, but we can make it work.
0: We can do a little faster version. Maybe not so much blabbing. I mean, your boy, I'm dealing with a little bit Speed of a up. sore throat. I took Speed some before we jumped on. I feel pretty good right now, actually, but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if we <laughs> captured that about an hour so. All right. We, dude, Fletch, look, we've actually talked about trying to get Tim Allen to come on the show multiple times. I would pull any string I needed to pull to get him on there on here and we'll we'll see what happens but yeah i think we can throw this up real quick uncle mike thank you for the reminder i saw some other people talking about it too aiden o'connor was really good against per, against uh michigan he's not a mobile guy but he's, he was on time and on target all night long he threw for 370 or whatever it was 360 something and like i said chuck sizzle had a damn season in a in the game he had 13 catches for like a buck 62 the most productive uh game of any wide receiver all year against michigan so yeah props to them man that's actually uh, you know what that's perfect right out of the gate burning questions chris let's warm up the cockles and get them going let's
1: get those hot cockles
0: my very first question out of the gate chris michigan won the game 43 to 22 but i want you to give a one through 10 score to purdue on what they showed you you know toughness just offensive execution i mean just however you want to grade it but what were your impressions of purdue
1: I mean, I give Purdue a solid seven. I mean, they, they, they were a legitimate competitor. They, you know, they're wide receivers. They had a couple guys that made some incredible plays. You could tell they had playmakers on offense. Um, I just, I think at the end of the day, Michigan, like we said, going into it across the board, they were just outmatched. Uh, Purdue was outmatched in every single position, but I can see how that team won eight games and probably could have won, you know, another two out of that. That could have been a 10 win team. They looked very solid. They played a solid game that unfortunately they just ran into a Michigan team that seems like they're on a on a path of destiny, to be quite honest.
0: It's better. Michigan's better. But better. more talent, more speed, you know, more athleticism. Aiden O'Connell
1: though, the way he played, what he's been battling through, I mean yeah. just you know can't say enough about those guys i, I have a tremendous amount of respect uh, for Purdue. considering the fact that i spent the bulk of the season telling you how often i forget that they're even in the conference well they yeah. showed up in uh, at least in the first half and uh, they had me on edge a little bit but then you know Braylon Edwards was down he was in one of the suites and i walked by him at halftime and i was like well what do you think and he's like second half team and i was like yeah second half team and, and yeah. it just seems like everybody kind of knew what was coming so shout out to them they played a good game or a good game just not enough
0: I'd say about a 7.75. I mean, they they showed me some things after having not really watched them this year. They hit hard. I mean, especially in the first half, they were popping some Michigan players. Donovan Edwards took a couple hard shots running the ball up yeah. the middle. Again, we talked about O'Connell. We talked about Charlie Jones. I mean, they they did quite a bit of things well. It, you know, Michigan just outlasted them, wore them down, and that was that was the difference. Michigan wins by a lot, but I was pretty impressed with Purdue.
1: All right, Brandon. This is going to be an interesting question, um, and I'm not sure how you're going to answer it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, after the game, over at over at that fox uh, over at that fox, uh, you know, little counter desk thing where they were doing the interviews. JJ McCarthy was greeted by Urban Meyer, and Urban Meyer gave JJ McCarthy a hug, but then he also pulled in JJ and said something into his ear, very gently, very closely. I've got a picture of it. I'm curious. What do you think Urban Meyer said to J.J. McCarthy in that moment?
0: I know a great bar here in India. That's probably what he said. (laughs) Girls will let you do whatever you want. (laughs) No. Um, You know, Urban Meyer recruited him. And so, you know, they have a connection. They have a, a bit of a rapport, a bit of a relationship. I'm sure he was complimentary of the game that he played. I'm sure he, you know, all the... I don't I would guess that it wasn't anything, you know, earth-shattering, but who but I don't know. There was contact between Urban's lips and JJ's ear. That I do know. A little weirded I mean, out by that.
1: I mean, look at look at look how close look how close here. Urban is. Look at him. Look at him. Look how close he is to our quarterback here. You get Not your filthy here. hands off of JJ McCarthy, Urban. Yeah. You get your dirty hands off of him. Yeah, I don't know what was said, but I just thought that that was a really interesting interaction because Harbaugh was over there as well, and Urban came up and shook his hand and said something to him. But, man, he pulled J.J. McCarthy in real close, gave him a hug, said something in his ear, probably like, I wish we had you instead of C.J. Stroud. But that's
0: just – that could be my guess. Your ear tastes like Doritos. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that's what he said. I don't know. I don't know. All right, number two for me, Chris. Uh, What are we, 26 days away from kickoff against – one TCU in the Fiesta Bowl. As we sit right now, knowing what we know, we watched TCU lose. By the way, we watched Michigan win. What is your confidence? I did another one through ten. What's your confidence level one through ten that Michigan will beat TCU in Glendale, Arizona?
1: I mean, a nine point five. That's pretty high pretty high. I, you know, again, I, I, and I know that, uh, TCU presents a bit of a different challenge than what, uh, Michigan is used to probably going to run, you know, a bit of a high tempo offense, which is shown to give Michigan fits, at least in the first half, I think Maryland was doing that. Um, but at the end of the day, again, you look across the board and I think they're just outmatched in every way. And they certainly, that defensive front at TCU has not faced an offensive line like what they're going to see with Michigan. And to be honest, I don't think their offensive line has seen a defensive line like they're going to see against the University of Michigan. I think it's going to be a shock to the system for the Horn Frogs. And I think, I think Michigan certainly covers. I think that that number might move north of what you say was nine and a half. I think that moved, yeah. I think that number is going to move up a little bit um, as we get closer to the game. I, I just think Michigan is a far better team.
0: I don't think. I don't think TCU was like butter soft or anything. I don't. No, not at all. They proved that against Kansas State. I just don't think they felt it. I don't think they felt it like Michigan's going to make them feel it when it comes to the defensive pressure, when it comes to the O line, when it comes to the running game. I just think. I'm like, I'm with you. I'm at like a nine. Like, I don't feel that worried about Michigan not being able to handle business in that game. I just don't. I think Michigan's. I think it's a bad matchup for TCU. I think Michigan's poised and ready to to keep it moving and play for a national title, which is incredible.
1: All right, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about TCU a little bit. Um, Obviously, we've talked about how good Michigan is on both sides of the ball, some of the things they do really well. At this point, after what you've seen, after 13 games, what is your biggest concern heading into the Fiesta Bowl? What is your biggest concern, whether it's offense, defense, what's your biggest concern with the Michigan Wolverines right now?
0: It's a hard question to answer. They haven't shown they haven't really done anything all because the answer would have always been can they make some big plays if they really need it in a game? Yeah, they can. They did it against Ohio State. They had four plays of more than 60 yards in that game. So I guess I would say that. I, you know, if they still need to like all right, if they somehow manage to find themselves down by a couple of scores, then do they are they built in a way to climb out of a hole and jump back in front because they much, they would much rather get a little bit of a lead that becomes a slight, like Michigan gets up by like nine. It's a wrap. It's I feel like they get to that two possession mark and it's over for the other team because the defense is going to bend, not break. They're going to bow up. They're going to create a turnover here or there, and they're going to run the ball and, and, and it's going to be over with. So I, I would still say if somehow they managed to get down two scores to a team do they quite have what it takes to to jump back out in front i think they actually do but like that's that's the closest thing i can get to for a concern
1: yeah i would say and and i cut out a little bit there so i'm not i'm not sure if that's exactly what you said but to me it's 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 just the offense in the first half and how many points they put up and you and you don't want you certainly don't want to find yourself in a hole early we know in the second half michigan can be dominant but again, when you're playing from behind, if TCU gets out to a fast lead, they, they've shown that they can score points. Obviously, their quarterback is right. an absolute animal. He can he can do it through the air. He can do it with his legs. He's got you know, I don't. This is very cliche, but literally the heart of a champion. I think they said he had heart surgery prior to the season, like four nine weeks. days or so. Yeah, four weeks or something like that before the season. Um, and he just looks like an absolute killer out there. And so if Michigan can hang with them in the first half, not let TCU go off, then I think it's a wrap. You're right. Once Michigan gets that nine-point lead, ten-point lead, and then you head into the second half with that, it's over.
0: Yeah. And he's redheaded, so you know he doesn't have a soul. He don't give a shit, dude. He'll go out he there and care. kill everyone.
1: You know how redheads are.
0: They're crazy, dude. They I can say care. it because I got them in my family. It's fine. I don't I don't need any <laughs> hate from the redheaded community. <laughs> okay. Uh, number three for me. You know Chris.
1: they stick together.
0: <laughs> number three for me. You, you just kind of feel like it's coming because Michigan's been really good and it happens every year. The turnover with the staff, like, it, it's it's just part of the game when you have a successful season and you've got coaches who are qualified. Jim Harbaugh himself saying, like, certain guys on his staff are ready for the next thing. I mean, like, that's the, that's the guy currently employing them saying it. Yep. Chris. Which coach can Michigan afford to lose the least? Like, if you could put like a block, keeping this guy get away,
1: hands down, Jesse Minter. Wow. Got to keep yep. you. You can't lose your defensive coordinator. You know, you, you you lose Mike McDonald after one year, and then you can't lose another defensive coordinator after a single year. I think you've got to have some stability at that position. You got to keep him around for at least another year. He's proven there. I mean. When Jesse Minner's name was floated out, I was like, who the hell is Jesse Minner and what is this all about? And it turns out not only is he as good as Mike McDonald, but he might even be a little bit better. And I'm sure there's going to be people that are going to look to hire him away from the University of Michigan. I just think Jesse Minner needs to stay in Ann Arbor. Give us at least another year. Can we have another year out of Jesse Minner? I don't want to find this team once again in the offseason trying to replace it and trying to create – I mean, Jesus, I don't know – can you, can you strike gold three times in a row on a I defensive know. coordinator hire like that? I, I'm not sure how often that happens, but to me, it's Jesse Miner, no questions. But I will also put Steve Klinkscale in there. I mean, you look at the way that the secondary plays, you don't want to lose a guy like Sharon Moore. I think he's the most likely to go, so I've sort of already made peace with yeah. that, especially with the way Jim Harbaugh was talking about it. But, yeah, to me, it's menner
0: I think it's also Minner. I do think you could put some votes in there for Sharon Moore and people wouldn't be mad. Like, he, yeah. the O line work two years. I don't know if they're going to win the Joe Moore Award again this year, but they certainly could. And, you know, moving into the OC role again, how much is he really doing that? What's Matt Weiss's role? How much is Harbaugh? Like, there's still a little bit in there. I mean, like, we talked about that all year, too. Is is Sharon Moore really the one trotting four tight ends out there? Maybe. I think it's Jim Harbaugh, but it might be Sharon. But anyway, I think you could put, Plenty of, plenty of pros in in the in the good column for Sharon Moore, but I I would also say Jesse Minery has been phenomenal.
1: Listen, I know he's not considered technically an, an assistant coach, but I think Darren May brings up a good point. Ben Herbert, keep yeah. whatever Ben Herbert needs to be paid, you pay that man because. You listen to Jim Harbaugh talk about Ben Herbert. You listen to the players talk about him. The impact that he's had on that program um, and the way he goes about his strength and conditioning program, I I think it is is a big reason why Michigan is able to just physically impose their will on other teams. Now, some of it's schematic, and I'm not going to give all the credit to Ben Herbert, but I do think he has been a key piece in transforming the mentality inside that locker room and the toughness they have and so again whatever you got to pay ben herbert to keep him on staff you, you pay that man
0: all right what do you got what do you got in the hopper
1: all right this is going to be an interesting question because the numbers certainly don't look the way i think we thought they would look but i'm just going to ask it to you this way brandon has jj mccarthy lived up to the hype has he lived up to the expectation this year so far
0: by default I would have to say no because before the season started if I said JJ will be the starter and he's going to break the touchdown passing record and he and he didn't I think he does he oh, porn God damn it dude, we almost made it we almost made it <laughs> my hot photo here Just okay, a I a a
1: porn
0: for you porn is here boys all right porn. so again He's been phenomenal. He's made some wild throws. You love when he gets out and runs a little bit, bro- blocking downfield, like all that stuff. I mean, he's been he's been so so good. But I think if the question is purely about reaching and meeting expectations, I'd have to say no cuz I thought if he's the starter for the whole season, he's throwing 35 touchdowns. And it's I don't think it's on him. I think it's just been how he's used and like the scheme, the system, the approach, but Cut and dry, I would say no, but yeah, I mean, God damn it. He is 12 and 0 as a starter. That's pretty good too. But I think if if like, if I'm thinking about the whole picture and what it means to be quarterback and throw it around and stuff, I'd say like a tiny bit short, which is like the stupidest thing I've ever said, probably.
1: So I don't know if this is going to count. I'm going to say yes, but not in the way that I thought it would be not, not how I thought it would look to me. Again, he operates within a system, and I think he does that very well. He's shown the ability that we saw last year in in spurts where he can get out on the perimeter, he can run, he can do damage with his legs, he can make some incredible throws. But to be a first-year starter, to be a sophomore, to take over that starting position, and the type of leadership that he's shown throughout the year, I mean, that guy... Is a true leader in every sense of the word. And when you, you know, everything you would want in a quarterback, I think JJ McCarthy has in his DNA. And so, yeah, he didn't go out and break the touchdown passing record like we all thought. He wasn't throwing it around the field like we all thought. But that's a byproduct of the way the offense is built. Yeah. So, so I think that, you know, the expectation in terms of the numbers, no, but the expectation in terms of who he is and what he's provided to this team, the value that's there. Absolutely. Not only has he he reached it, I think he's exceeded. I, I've been very, very impressed with the way he conducts himself. You look at the way he was on the road when Michigan went down. He doesn't flinch. He's ice cold. He's always focused. He's always positive. He always believes. He's always calm. He's just got everything you want in a starting quarterback. And for this to be his first year as a starter, could not have been more impressed with the way uh, the way things have gone. Obviously, 12-0 and as a starter is pretty damn good.
0: That's that's a big one. That's why I said, like, it's probably the dumbest thing I've ever said to say that. Well, you know, Nick,
1: so. that's why I said so far. Has he lived up to it so far? You know, there's there's jobs not finished.
0: Jobs not Jay. finished. And to Nick's point, yes. Let's, you know, he wins next week or uh, next game and then beats Georgia. You know, chastise me all you want because I'll that I will have I will be an idiot at that point for saying <laughs> what I just said. So whatever. It's been really freaking good. And, and to somebody right. else's point, I don't remember who said it up here. If they told JJ to throw it 50 times a game, he'd probably have 45 touchdowns. Like, it's just There's been no a product of what he's been asked to do and how well the running game has operated all year long and, you know, etc. Um, Perfect builder into this question then, Chris. Can, given what we've seen, how it looks like it's going to look as long as Jim Harbaugh is running the show, can JJ McCarthy be a Heisman candidate? Can it happen?
1: Yes, absolutely can happen. I think I think when you're the quarterback on a team that's routinely in the uh in the national championship hunt. And I mean, look, he doesn't have to throw the ball much, but he's efficient when he does. He does make good plays. If you look at what he's able to do on film, again, with his legs and the way that he can keep a play alive. Uh I absolutely think he, he can win a Heisman trophy. It's not gonna be because he goes out and throws fifty touchdowns and has gaudy numbers, but it's gonna be because he plays within the system. And he yeah. plays his role very well and then you have some of the other stuff the intangibles you know the mental makeup of who he is to me everything about that kid screams heisman trophy candidate so yeah there, there's no doubt in my mind that he can
0: i wish i would have prepped a little more because i brought it up at the beginning before the heisman finalists in stetson bennett uh caleb williams cj Stroud, and max duggan is it max is that his, did i just make that up is that his name i have no idea I know his last right. name. This well, is Tom that is, Okay, that is right. I'm like, did I just make his first name up off the top of my head? Um, I would like to look at their numbers because obviously, like, that kind of gives you a, a, a baseline of what you need to do to be in the discussion. First of all, be on a good team. It's pretty much become a quarterback award. Like, I know Blake Coram would have been there. if He had stayed healthy. Shit, he might have won the thing because all of those quarterbacks had a dip at the end of their season. So maybe Blake kind of steps up front. and and wins it by default, maybe Stetson Bennett, whatever. I would like to see the numbers and see, like, all right, if if JJ's going to be in the discussion, he's probably got to be somewhere close to this, and I I just don't know if he can get there based on the system that he plays in. Like, you're never going to see an Army Army or Navy quarterback up for any quarterback awards because they just don't do what that position does, and that's kind of the same way for JJ. You've got to be super productive there. I don't disagree with anything you said. Like, you know, take away – it sounds stupid, but take away the numb, take away the numbers. <laughs> Pretty easy thing to do. And he's a Heisman quarterback, but like yeah. you got the numbers. Like yeah. you just have, well, I mean, according
1: to Gus Johnson, you know, they're I know. Really talking about putting him in the conversation. And so I would only expect him to get better next year. And if Michigan is as good as they are and they go, you know, they win another 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 games. Yeah. I could absolutely see him being in the discussion, not just in the discussion, but have a real shot at winning it. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about the uh, the semifinal game. So we talked about that a little bit with TCU. I think we're both feeling pretty confident that Michigan gets through that game. Here's my question: Out of Georgia and Ohio State, who would you rather Michigan face for a national championship, and why? It's
0: Ohio State. Why? Because I think they kick their ass again. We have seen now that this formula works, and that Ohio State crumbles under pressure. And like I said. You asked me earlier rhetorically. But you have what, also
1: touted that it's difficult to beat the same it team is, twice. But know, I, also so there think, is that element.
0: I also think Georgia's the better team. So, like, okay. you know, if the ultimate goal is to win a national championship, let's do it against Ohio State, who I don't think is quite as good as Georgia. I think Michigan has a formula to beat them again. And I think they're in their head. I think they have rattled Brian Day's cage. And I think you've got Ohio Did you've got Ohio State players now talking about sitting out the playoff game. Jackson Smith and Jigba is gone, bro. He's done. I know he hasn't played all year, but like they are not about it over there right now. They're not. They back their way into the playoff. They don't deserve to be there. They know that. They know that one of the teams in the playoffs just kicked their ass by damn near 30 on their home field. They are not about it right now. And now there's talk about C.J. Stroud potentially sitting out, even though he's a Heisman finalist and, a, and, and the starting quarterback for a playoff team. Give me Ohio State all day long to effectively maybe end Ryan Day's career and put a damn crater in the state of Ohio that might last for several seasons.
1: Yeah. And, and that's that, where that I'm a good at enough answer. Yeah. And I think that's pretty much what I said earlier in the show. I want to see the state of Ohio Columbus again, or, or the state of Trumbulls. Ohio crumble. Well, Columbus, <laughs> same, same thing. <laughs> uh, but again, all your points are valid. I think that Michigan is confident against them. I know that they the talk on social media is that they want to see the Wolverines again. They, I really don't think they want that. I, I don't think they believe that they can beat Michigan. And to be quite honest, uh, when it comes down to Georgia, sure, it would be nice to get revenge on what happened last year and be able to face them. But how how many more opportunities in our lifetime are we possibly going to get to see the Michigan Wolverines and the Ohio State Buckeyes play for a national championship? I know the college football playoff is expanding, and so that you know the odds maybe increase a little bit instead of a four team playoff. But to me. I, I want to see it, man. That That is like must-see TV. That is a once-in-a-lifetime sort of event. And I am really, as much as I hate to say it, I am polling for the Buckeyes to beat Georgia because I want to see that national championship happen bad. So give me Ohio State. might be the first and only time I've ever wanted to see Ohio State win a football game.
0: All right. Well, on the flip side of that, Chris, I've done two one through 1-10 scale questions. I've got one more to finish this off. I know what's everybody's gonna say. I don't care. I am looking ahead. I'm not going one week at a time. Blow me. One to ten. Confidence level that Michigan can beat Georgia.
1: Are we talking that that's what's gonna happen? you so are you? Are you basically saying the confidence that they're gonna, gonna, gonna win be the your national, national title matchup? Okay, so that, then we'll combine your last question with mine because that's the okay. that's the question. I, is is this the year that it happened? So we'll put a we'll put a one through ten on this, and we'll combine the two questions. Uh, seven and a half, wow. Border, borderline eight. I just I, I think Michigan is built different. I think Michigan the, the way that they play. There's no real rhyme or reason for it. They win however they need to win. Um, Mentally tough, probably the most mentally tough team in the college football playoff. And, you know, I know that Georgia's confident, but look at the confidence that's oozing out of Ann Arbor right now. Those guys truly believe they can do it. And I think if there's any year that they can do it, this is the year. They've got all the pieces in place in order to do it. I haven't really watched a lot of Georgia play. I know that they're good. But I'll take Michigan seven and a half. I think these guys are on a path of destiny to win a Natty. This year. I'm
0: going five and a half. I, I oh you really, of
1: little faith.
0: I really think it's about as close of a to- as a toss up can be between two teams, Georgia and Michigan, this year right now. But I all the same things I, I picked Michigan to beat Georgia last year, and that was incredibly wrong. I know they're not that same team, but they're still really good. But I do think what Michigan does travels. And I, I don't think, I know, we just, we've just we watched it for 13 games now. We know it travels. The second half adjustments, the defense, the various looks on defense, the running game, efficient J.J. McCarthy. We've seen it for 13 games now. It's not going away. And When you can play that kind of football, complimentary, take care of the ball, Timely turnovers, you can beat really good teams, and I do think Georgia is a really good team. They're not a great team like they were last year, but they're really good. I think Michigan's got an edge. I think they've 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 gotten back to this point. They clawed back into it. They'll have some revenge on their mind. JJ McCarthy, Donovan Edwards, Mike Morris. Who I was going to look at that picture of them watching Georgia after stomping them last year in Miami? They're 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 they're, they're as poised as they can possibly possibly be to
1: get a win in that game it was jj said it before the ohio state game it feels like the stars are aligning and yes it does does. when you watch the way they play and you watch the way they dominate the second half it just it feels like that man it feels like a special i mean it's already been a special season on deck 13 wins for the first time in program history they've already made history and, and i don't think they're done yet i think that uh i think michigan will be in the national championship game and if they get in front of whether it's Ohio State and they get another crack at the Buckeyes or if they have to face Georgia and it's a revenge from the semifinal game last year where again yeah you have that picture of the guys standing out there and watching the Bulldogs celebrate i mean Michigan has every incentive to take yeah. this opportunity and do something with it and they've got something special going on in that locker room I, I, i'm very confident they're getting it done this year which there you go. i mean Michigan winning a national championship this year based on where we were in 2020 Wow. It's, it's just been an, an incredible two-year stretch for this
0: program. No doubt. No doubt about it. There was one more donation. We're going to we?
1: buck 21. I know, wow. dude. It never
0: fails. Wow. There we go, Nick. Thank you for that donation. As we get ready to head on out of here, an hour and 22 minutes in. Michigan would kick their ass worse because they know now for a fact that they can threaten them. They, they know now for a fact they can do any of the things they want to do. And so does Ohio State. That's the key. They know that Michigan can beat them over the top, that they can run for 200, that they can get pressure on C.J. Stroud, that they can shut down, <clears throat> not shut down. They did have two receivers go over 120 yards, but yeah. they didn't change the that's game. That's going to happen. Yep. And that, that's the key. Neutral field, might be 30. Might be a 30-point loss, bro. Beat that ass, dude! What a what a fun talk to be having. Playoff <laughs>
1: like stuff you talk about when like you're playing a video game or something. It's like it's 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 like this close to being reality. Michigan, Ohio State for a national championship. I am again praying we get that. Just, what man. an experience.
0: I mean, Chris might be the good luck charm. I don't know. First it two is. years covering the team is that a coincidence?
1: I mean, look, I'm telling you what. If they win the Natty, uh, I, it's gonna. I said it last year, going into this season that I don't. You know, it's gonna be hard to top that experience last year. Going down to Miami, doing everything we did. Well, here they are topping it, and uh, might top it in a very, very big way. So yeah, it, my neighbor said that the other day. Like, hey, I picked a picked a really good team to start, or a good time to start covering the team. I'm like, you're
0: not kidding. You are yeah. not kidding. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Well, Wednesday we'll be back. Fan led. Get your show. uh Get your questions ready for that show. I think I saw someone ask about it earlier. If we're going to continue to do three shows a week, we'll, we'll see. We might be. We might be off on this Friday. I haven't determined that yet. Ultimately, we like doing the shows, and we know you guys are here, and the donations don't hurt. But like, yeah, it's you know coming up with three shows a week when there's no games to talk about is a little yeah. tricky. Yeah.
1: It is a little tricky. And you know what? Taking these next few weeks to get a little more time with the family and do stuff like that. I mean, you know, oh, you, man, we're, yeah. we're grinding it out throughout the season. And so I think, you know, yeah, we might scale back to maybe two shows a week until we get back into the the playoff starts. But we'll, we'll see. We'll we'll talk about that offline.
0: Just saw it come up. It was came up early, actually. But Wednesday, Wednesday will be a staple. We will have Wednesday. Wednesday we'll always shows. Be yep Always be fan led. We may sprinkle some other segments in to kind of, supplement missing a show during another part of the week but we'll be back on wednesday and we'll keep you posted as always and yeah we'll just throw rich on there if we need to we rich or, or cj or Whoever. our slapdick friends who don't even know what they're doing like we'll have somebody on the air <laughs> how about that does that sound good all right chris as always man another uh, good show see you, everybody another
1: good show.